0: What an awesome God. Woo. It's exciting. This is a thrilling time to be a part of this house. And I can't can't wait to see what, what's coming in the days ahead. God has birthed something here in Kenneth Square that will continue until he returns. Amen. And if it's still standing when he returns, I don't want to be here. Amen. That's, that's just thrilling. This, this has been a seed that was planted. is continuing to grow and mature and produce much fruit. For that, we are so grateful to the Lord. So the Power Place Academy uh, has joined with the EITC program. And for everyone who has expressed interest in that program that would provide scholarship funding for the PowerPlace Academy, Bill Grandizio, along with our EITC expert, Terry Doyle, will be hosting four EITC information sessions on the following dates. Monday evening, June 19; Wednesday evening, June 21st, Sunday afternoon, June 25th, and Tuesday evening, June 27th. There's some sign-up sheets in the information desk for you to register and choose which session or sessions you'd like to attend. Please see Bill Grandizio if you have any questions. Bill, would you stand? He's our head of school and our financial administrator. Thank you, Bill. I know Christy and I want to be involved in that. We get to tell our educational tax where to go. I don't want, I don't want the government telling my taxes where to go anymore so uh, and I do pay my taxes, and I hope you do too as well. And this is an opportunity for us to bless our school in an incredible way. so any any donation is uh, much appreciated and and can be a blessing to you as well in the days to come. So uh, sign up, check those things out and you'll know when you can be a part of that program. Eight-year-old Susie came home from school and informed her mother that today in class they had learned how to make babies. Well, the mother, rather shaken by the development, called the teacher to complain. After listening to the mother complain for a few minutes, the teacher responded, did you ask her how to explain how it's done? No, said the mother. Well, then ask her and call me back, replied the teacher. So how do you make babies, the mother asked her daughter. Susie responded, you drop the Y and you add I-E-S. One day, a housework-challenged husband decided to wash his sweatshirt. Seconds after he stepped into the laundry room, he shouted to his wife, What setting do I use on the washing machine? It depends, she replied. What does it say on your shirt? He yelled back, Denver Broncos. (laughs) So if a cookie falls on the floor and you pick it up, that's a squat, right? Yeah, I agree. I see some heads shaking. Yes, yes, Amen. So this past week, uh, Christy and I celebrated 42 years of marriage, and I'm still in love with my best friend, and she still likes me most of the time. It's it's been a good life. It's been a good life of obedience following the truth of God's Word. One of our core values here at The Power Place is truth. We we say absolute truth equals complete freedom. The Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily, to be empowered by His Spirit and His Word so that you can engage with your world. One of those encounters is encountering the truth of God's Word on a daily basis. It's a big deal. We believe the Bible from cover to cover. And we also believe that the greatest counsel you will ever receive is not from a man or a woman, but it's from engaging with the truth of God's Word and being in His presence daily. That's why daily encounters with the Lord are such a big deal. Daily encountering the truth of God's Word will acquaint you And make you familiar with what is true. Somebody say true, True. because what we want is what's true. And as you encounter what's true, when you encounter something that's false, you quickly are able to notice and discern it. You know what I'm talking about, those of you who have been around here a while. Because you've encountered the truth of God's word for so long that now when you encounter something that's false, you're, you're, your antennas go up. You're like, whoa, hang on. That doesn't ring true with what I know is true. So there's, there's so much of what's going on in our current woke culture that's so false. But if you're not acquainted with the truth, you'll fall for it. You'll fall right in line. When you surround yourself with the, with what you surround yourself with will become the lens you see through. I was reading this week in my daily encounters. Paul the Apostle warned the Corinthians. He said, do not be deceived. Bad company will corrupt good morals. Who you hang out with will matter. You'll, you'll watch, if, if you're hanging out with the wrong kind of people and the wrong ideas, you'll find yourself quickly sinking into a cesspool. Amen. I don't know if you've had people say this to you, but I've had people say to me, oh, you really need to watch this movie. It's the best. It's so good. And there's, there's hardly any cussing in it. And then you start to watch the movie, and they are like 20 F-bombs in the first five minutes. <laughs> Someone hasn't been hanging out with the truth long enough. They've become desensitized because they're immersed in culture so much, they can't even see it or hear it. Don't recommend a movie to me, okay? The reality is, we can become so desensitized to what's around us that we don't even recognize when something's off. You ever been there? I know I have. And so it's important for us to come and hang out with the truth long enough to where that becomes our measure, our standard. It's been said if it's true, it's not new. If it's new, it's not true. There's a lot of new truth floating around today. I would say buyer beware. Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16. This is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Because everywhere you go, there are crossroads. You're going to find whys in the road. You're going to find places where you need to go one way or the other. And the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. And that's our problem. That's our society's problem. There are ancient paths that are good. God has laid them out. He's given us a roadmap. And if you'll stand at the crossroads and look and ask, where are the ancient paths? Go that way because that's where the good way is. Walk in it. And if you will walk in it, you will find rest for your soul. Come on, somebody. You'll find rest for your soul. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. The prophet says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe. Anytime the Bible says woe, it's a heads up. It's like, Dude, seriously, wake up. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and champions at mixing drinks. Nobody wants to hear that today. Who acquit the guilty for a bribe, but deny justice to the innocent. Therefore, knowing this, therefore, as tongues of fire lick up straw. And as dry grass sinks down in the flames, so their roots will decay and their flowers blow away like dust. For they have rejected the law of the Lord Almighty, the truth of God's word, and spurned the word of the Holy One of Israel. Their roots will decay. You know, if the roots die, the tree's in trouble. Their flowers will blow away like dust. Why? Because they've rejected the law of the Lord Almighty, spurned the word of the Holy One of Israel. I looked up that word spurn. It means reject with disdain or contempt. If you hang out in culture long enough, you'll find that our world spurns the word of the Holy One of Israel. They have a disdain, a contempt for anything that is holy. This is dangerous ground that our world's living in. Some in this room and even watching online have bought the lies of the culture around you. You've swallowed the pill of tolerance to the point of nausea. Everything's okay. Everyone should have their own truth. You have your truth, I'll have my truth. Love is love. I was born in the wrong body. There are many gods. Everyone goes to heaven. They're in a much better place. I hate to break it to you. But not everyone goes to heaven. Not everyone's in a better place when they die. Unless they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Why are you so narrow-minded? Why are you so negative? And you don't know the truth from a hole in the ground. Because truth is truth. You're so mixed up and confused that you're questioning everything the Word of God says. Many people are so mad at God, even though they don't believe in Him. God, I hate how you made me. God, you can't be trusted. This has been the enemy's plan from the very beginning. He said to Eve, did God really say? You need to question what He said. He's holding out on you. He can't be trusted. So we dive into anything and everything that mocks God and his truth. Truth is truth, no matter if you believe it or not. It's just true. No matter what you think about it. Even if you don't receive the truth, it doesn't change the facts. We will all stand before God, our creator and the maker of the universe and give account to him of how we've lived. You will give an account. Did you accept his gracious offer of salvation through Jesus Christ alone? Or did you reject the truth? I'll just say this. God doesn't send anyone to hell. He just honors your free choice. If you don't want to have anything to do with him, he will honor your decision. And you won't have anything to do with him. You'll be separate from him for eternity. In a place called hell, a place of punishment, a place of fire, a place of burning sulfur. I don't know if you remember back in high school days, the sulfur burning in the science lab. Anybody remember that smell? Kind of smells like mushrooms. <laughs> He's given you a free will to choose him or reject him, the author of truth. There are three scriptures we cite for truth here. The first is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. It says, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Because there's only one truth. Gently instruct, gently. This this isn't, and I I try to be gentle, I really do. I'm I'm trying to be gentle this morning (laughs) as I instruct you with the truth. Uh, This is not take your John 3.16 and bang people over the head with it. It's gently instructing those who oppose the truth. Just bringing the truth with, with love and grace, but with truth. And then he says, perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. And there's only one truth, and it's God's truth, and it's not your truth. It's God's truth, and that's the truth that, that we will be judged by. Not what I felt when I get pulled over by the cops. There's only one truth. That's the little sign on the side of the road that says 55 miles an hour on Highway 1. That's truth. And it really doesn't matter what I think. Yeah, but my, my dad said if I went five miles over the speed limit, I wouldn't get pulled over. Isn't there grace in here somewhere? No, this is the truth. And I've been reminded of the truth many times in my life. (laughs) As our pastor reminds you every once in a while. (laughs) 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says, All scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's our scripture for truth, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. So what is the context of of 2 Timothy 3, 16? It's chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. Paul writes to his son of the faith. He says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Was this written in 2023? I'm not sure, but it sure sounds like the last days. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. I used to read that and think, man, they're knocking on ladies' doors. But what I began to realize is in these last days, we have the television that comes into every home. We've got the internet. We've got social media. And it's all Turning and twisting people's minds to the point that, verse 7 says, such women are forever following new teachings, but they're never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth, just as Janice and Jambres opposed Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday, Everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janice and Jambres. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I've endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you, must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are You know they're true. For you know you can trust those who taught you. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize that what is wrong in our lives, it corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's the context. It's not just about what is true. It's about truth in the midst of falsehood. Standing out like a sore thumb. And here we are at the power place. We're just standing out like a sore thumb. Come on, somebody. The third scripture that we we cite is John chapter 8. Verse 31 and 32 Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I looked up that word no in the Greek. It's a word that denotes intimacy, it's not a head knowledge. No. It's a husband and wife becoming one sexually to know. You will know the truth. It's intimate knowledge. And you need to become one, completely unified with the truth in order to experience complete freedom. What we say is absolute truth equals complete freedom. When you know the truth, you will be free. You won't be bound any longer because you have not just a head knowledge, but an intimate, one with the truth knowledge. Richard Dresselhaus writes, in pursuit of truth, let that be a compelling ambition of your life. With every promotion, advertisement, slogan, claim, you need to ask What is true? I've been to the doctor and they've told me you need such and such a medication and I said I've seen the commercials. No thank you. I'd rather die than die of that. You you need to ask yourself what's true here? But more, he says, what about your thoughts about yourself? What people think of you. How God feels about you. And how you measure the impact of your life on others. Learn to separate truth from lies. Then embrace truth and repudiate lies. Remember, Satan is the father of lies. And when you renounce a lie you are stripping him of his power. Now to religion and doctrine and all matters of faith, be on the lookout for deception and misrepresentation. Be a good student of God's word, rightly dividing the word of truth. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Some of us need to know some true things about ourselves. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. The Bible declares, for we God's children, we are God's masterpiece. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a masterpiece. Look at your other neighbor, tell them real strong, you are a masterpiece. For some of you, you can't receive that. You're sitting there going, no, no, that's not true. God cheated me. I looked in the mirror this morning. That ain't no masterpiece. Oh, but it is. Oh, but you are. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You're God's masterpiece. Other translations say God's handiwork. His work workmanship. I don't care what you think about yourself right now, but you need to think and know. You need to know the truth. God designed you perfectly. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am God's Design, sing it with me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am God's design. He loves me. He loves me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He loves me. He loves me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearful. Sing it to your neighbor. Here we go. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are God's design. He loves you. He loves you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He loves you. He loves you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are God's workmanship. God's handiwork. You are God's design. God doesn't make mistakes. He didn't make you and go, oops. <coughs> ah, Messed up there. No. You are God's handiwork, his masterpiece. You need to know that about yourself. You're designed by God. You need to embrace the truth about yourself. Otherwise, you won't feel qualified to do the things he's planned for you to do. Notice what the scripture says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. God has a plan for your life. And if you don't know the truth about yourself, you'll sink into inactivity. Yeah, I'm just a piece of junk. I I didn't get the good genes my sister got. I don't know, I just, and And we start to create things in our minds that are untrue and we partner with the untruth rather than with the truth of God's word. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to think less of yourself than you are. He wants you to think that God cheated you that God held out on you. He wants to paralyze you and shame you to an action. He wants to shame you so that you won't do anything because you're not worthy. And God says, you're my masterpiece. You're worthy. I gave my one and only son for you. That's how much I think you're worth. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Some of you, you just got some freedom this morning already. You got some freedom right there. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am God's design. He loves me. He loves me. I am fearfully. I used to think that I was designed wrong. People would look at me and they say, you look just like your mother. (laughs) And in my mind, in my young mind, I rejected that because I thought that meant I looked like a girl. Okay. Your words are powerful. And for so long, I, I thought less of myself. Not just because of that, but other things. And then I realize he loves me. He loves me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He loves me. He loves me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's scripture, by the way. The psalmist wrote, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My soul knows that full well. And your soul needs to know full well the truth about your design. You're not flawed. God didn't mess up, He created you perfectly. One more time look at your neighbor and say, You're a masterpiece. If you don't have a neighbor, I'm telling you, you're a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. You may be a masterpiece in progress. But you're a masterpiece designed by God. So you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Context of John 8 32. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them as he was speaking the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Now, I'm no brain surgeon. I'm not that intelligent, but I do know something. It takes two to commit adultery. Where's the guy at? Because the law actually said the guy and the gal are to be stoned to death. We got a double standard here. Teacher, they said, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stoner. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. I wonder what he was writing. I have my thoughts. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Now, I have my ideas of what Jesus was writing. and Could have been the names of those they had messed around with. Could have been some of the sins he knew that they had committed. Just calmly writing in the dust. And the old guy, he's like, I'm out of here. (laughs) And everybody else is like, well, if he's leaving, I'm leaving. We're all out. We're, We're out because he knows exactly what we've done. And Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. There's truth right there, truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. He didn't water the truth down. He did have grace, but he was full of truth. And he shows God's grace and speaks the truth. Forgiveness is available through him, and it changes everything. And so many of us have been hoodwinked by the devil, the father of lies, to believe that we are bound and condemned the rest of our lives because of something we've done. Jesus comes and speaks truth to us. I forgive you. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Someone watching online or hearing me in this room needs to hear that today. Jesus says, I forgive you. Go and sin no more. You are not You are not defined by what you did. You are free. This is the context of you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, you're making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them these claims are valid, even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I'm not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witnesses accept accepted as fact. I am one witness and my father who sent me is the other. Where is your father?" they asked. Jesus answered, "Since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father." Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury. But he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. Later Jesus said to them again, "I'm going away; you will search for me, but will die in your sin; you cannot come where I'm going." People ask, Is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean? You cannot come where I'm going. Jesus continued, You are from below, I am from above. You belong to this world, I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. And he says that to us again today. And it's true, and it's real. Unless you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory, the Savior of the world, the Son of the living God, you will die in your sins. Who are you, they demanded. Jesus replied, the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me. And he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, when you've lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. But we're descendants of Abraham, they said. We've never been enslaved to anyone. What do you mean you'll be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Hallelujah. Yes, I realize you're descendants of Abraham, yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father. But you're following the advice of your father. Our father's Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you're trying to kill me because I told you the truth which I heard from God, Abraham never did such a thing. No, you're imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I'm not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil, And you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, it's consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. And I would ask you today, what does the enemy continue to lie to you about? And you're just swallowing it like it's true. As he told you, he's not real. He's just a made-up character with a pitchfork and horns and red tail. You believe that lie? Do you believe that He's just a figment of your imagination and that he really does love you and you're, you're fine just the way you are. If you'll just stay in your sin, you're going to be okay because everyone goes to heaven. All dogs go to heaven. It's a movie. You need to believe it. If it's a movie, it feels good. You'll never amount to anything because of what you've done and where you've been. He continues to lie to you. Don't buy the lie. He's a father of lies. When he speaks, it's all he can do. He hates the truth. And he knows that when you know the truth, you'll be set free by the truth so he keeps you away from your daily encounters as best he can so you don't read the truth every morning. Get involved with the father of love who loves you so much that he gave his one and only son to die for you and he wants to keep you away from that so that you'll never know the truth. You'll just stay in your sin. You'll stay where you are. You'll stay defeated. You'll stay rejected. You'll stay Unable to accomplish the things that God has for you to do. Anybody listening to me today? I'm telling you the truth. And the enemy of your soul wants to continue to lie to you. Where am I? Jesus said he's always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. And if you don't believe the truth, that means you're being swamped by the lies. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling you the truth, Why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. Jesus was pretty bold, I would say. I don't know what you think. But when you know the truth, you're unstoppable. You, you aren't afraid of anything or anybody. You are bold as a lion and you speak the truth and you are truly free. Nobody can bind you up because absolute truth equals complete freedom. Check this out real quick. John 13, 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world, go to the Father, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress. and The devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew, verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin. And began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. When you know the truth about yourself, who you are in God's eyes, nothing is beneath you. Jesus was able to go to the cross because he knew the truth. He was able to set you free from your sin because he knew the truth. When you know the truth about yourself, you can't be humiliated even if you're looked down on by people. Even if they laugh at you, even if they talk bad about you, you can't be humiliated because you know the truth. You know what God thinks about you. You know who you are in Christ Jesus. God's truth about you allows you to walk in such freedom that the enemy has no power over you to make you feel less than. You need to get the truth about yourself deep down in your spirit. I'm a child of the living God. I am above and not beneath. I am the head and not the tail. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves me. You need to know the truth. And the truth sets you free set you free from people's opinions. I could care less what anybody thinks about me because I know what he thinks about me. And that's all that matters. Some of us walk around wondering if anybody, anybody watching me worship, I don't know what I do. And then Pastor Isaiah calls you out on your Because he knows the truth of God's word that says, I will lift hands high to the Lord. So he calls you out and you get offended and you quit. I'm I'm done. I can't take that anymore. I am who I am and I'm going to worship the way I want to worship. I don't care what the Bible says. We were singing a song last week, first time I'd heard it. Sound Mind song. Oh, yeah. Sound Mind. And and some of the lines in that song really got to me. You saved, healed, delivered me. Jesus' blood washed over me. Command my soul, awake, arise. Use each breath to prophesy. I prophesy. And when I heard that, command my soul, awake, arise. I'm thinking that's exactly what we've got to do. You've got to speak the truth to your soul. David did it. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Because you don't want to bless him all the time. But you've got to talk to yourself and speak the truth to yourself. And say, you will bless the Lord, O my soul. David also said, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. Command my soul, awake, arise. Use each breath to prophesy. And some of us need to begin to prophesy daily to ourselves the truth. The truth that God says. The truth of God's word. As we speak prophetically, things begin to shift because there is power in your tongue—power of life and death—are in the tongue. I'm going to quit. I got a bunch of more stuff. I I I can't. I got to stop. Alicia Sholy in her book *The Night Is Normal*, says, "Untruth can never heal. And truth, not optimism or daylight, is what genuine spiritual growth craves. Truth fuels your spiritual growth." Amen. I, when when I knew that I was speaking on truth, my immediate thought went to David and Bathsheba. King David stayed home when he should have been at war. He was just carousing around the rooftop of his mansion and happened to look down. Not just a glance, but he saw Bathsheba taking a bath. It's just interesting to me that Bathsheba took a bath. Said, that's one fine species of humanity. I must have her. So we had her brought to the, the palace. He knew her in the biblical sense of the word. And she got pregnant. And instead of repenting, instead of coming clean with the truth, he decided to cover it up. Tried to hide. You know the story. He had Bathsheba's husband Uriah brought back from war to try to Manipulate him into having sex with his wife so that it would seem to be her child and his child, Uriah. He even got him drunk. Hoping that he would go home and out of his mind do something that. Uriah was a man of integrity. And David sinned. He sinned bad. One thing we know about David is that God called him a man after his own heart. And you say, how can you reconcile that sin, that wickedness with God's heart? Well, it was in David's response when he was confronted with the truth. Nathan, the prophet approached David and said, told him a story and he said, you're the man you're the one. David got upset. He said, that guy needs to be put in jail. He needs to be killed. We need to, he needs to pay back. And Nathan looked at him and said, you're the man. Uh, David, verse 5 of Second Samuel, Samuel 12, David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as sure as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing, he had no pity. Nathan said to David, you are the man This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his sight? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with a sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me. Took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. Verse 13 David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. See, David's response and his consequent living after that. We know this about David's life David, according to scripture, never committed the same sin twice. Once he sinned and realized it was wrong, he didn't go back to that sin continually. He moved forward. He understood the truth of repentance. And I ask you today, what do you do when confronted with the truth? I'm speaking to people that have stuck around but a lot of people have left because of being confronted with the truth. What do you do? You get offended? Change churches? I gotta get a new pastor. Do You distance yourself from the truth? You go sulk in a corner? I can't believe they said that. And we're just the messengers. Or when confronted with the truth, do you repent and change your ways like David did? David in Psalm 51, he said, be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth. In the innermost being. And in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. Purify me with hyssop. I shall be clean. Wash me. I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I'll get back to doing what I should have been doing in the beginning. I'll get back to doing what God's called me to do. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Truth. Truth, absolute truth equals complete freedom. Stand with me, please. Just close yourself in with God for a moment.